Hello everyone and welcome back to The Sign of the Dollar. So today I wanted to record more of a philosophical podcast rather than a political one. And a lot of my listeners would know that I've been working on a book for a very long time now. It's been over two years and I was hoping to publish the book by the end of this year. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen, but hopefully... I should be able to publish the book in early 2021, and that's the plan. So until then, I want to share some of the ideas from my book and perhaps give you guys some teasers of the kinds of ideas that I'm going to be sharing in my book with a few podcasts. Now, of course, I'm not going to go in anywhere near the level of depth as I will in my book. And of course, I'll leave some topics to be exclusively discussed in my book. But I think this is a good start to sort of graze on some of the issues that I address and give you guys an idea of what is going to be in my book. So today I specifically wanted to talk about what makes a good friend. And this comes from a larger chapter in my book about love and relationships in general, both platonic and romantic. But this podcast will be focused mainly on relationships of platonic love and also relationships of just general friendships, whether or not they involve some level of love. So before I begin, I'd just like to address something that I'm sure is on everyone's minds. I'm just an 18-year-old. What do I know about philosophy? What do I know about friends, love, relationships? I still have a lot to experience. And you're totally right. But that doesn't mean I can't share my ideas and reflections that I've had up until this point. Now, sure, there may be developments to those ideas, and I definitely still have a lot to learn. And as I do learn, I will continue to share my reflections. So all I request, and I, I make this clear in my book, and it applies for all of the ideas that I address in my book, is that you judge the ideas by their merit, and the ideas themselves rather than who they're coming from. Because I know I'm not particularly qualified to be talking about psychology or or some of these things that you might expect someone should know to be addressing some of these issues. But as I said, that isn't gonna stop me from sharing my reflections and I, I do hope that some of you will find them useful. Another thing that I mention in the introduction of my book, and I'd also like to briefly mention here before I get into any of my ideas, is that I think philosophy is, and perhaps always has been, too esoteric. And what I mean by that is that people often think of philosophy as being limited to the confines of an elite college classroom, or think that it is only old, wise people, or perhaps public intellectuals, people who who have dedicated their lives to that field of study that can talk about it. And I definitely think this isn't the case. And given the importance of philosophy in our everyday lives, I mean, we all have value systems. Some people make it more explicit than others, but these are ideas that definitely have value in our everyday lives. And considering that, I definitely think that it is something that everyone can and perhaps even should explore. So one of the goals of my book is that I want to broaden the access of philosophical ideas to the general public. And that's also why I'm saying that, you know, as someone myself who maybe isn't a super intellectual or somebody who's formally studied philosophy, I still think it is completely valuable and valid for me also to study philosophy, look into it, and given my interest in it, I do feel that I want to share my ideas, and as I said, I really hope that they can help other people and also motivate them to go out and explore for themselves. So, 
on that same line of thought, I'd also like to say that the ideas I express aren't necessarily meant to be gospel truth. They're just sort of a gateway to exploring further and and coming up with more ideas for yourself. And that's that I think should be the case for any philosophers and any book you read. You should use it as a means to provoke your thought, not as some sort of holy grail that you use to determine all of your values. And with all of that being said, I'd also like to make clear that at least what I'm discussing in this podcast isn't super esoteric or technical or philosophical. I mean, the things I address are definitely things you could probably also talk about in a casual conversation with one of your friends. It's it's not super deep or anything like that. And, and that's also, I think, perhaps another misconception about philosophy. It doesn't always have to be super technical, esoteric or abstract in that way. I mean, philosophy, as I said, has applications in our everyday lives. So without further ado, sorry for boring you with all these disclaimers, but let's get into the ideas now. So to start with, I'd like to discuss how you decide who to be friends with. And you may be wondering, well, is it really something to be decided upon? Don't you just let it happen? You know, it's not really that you're filtering out particular people or judging them by a set of criteria that may, be, that may seem just just unnatural, right? But there still is some level of that occurring, whether it's consciously or subconsciously in everyone's minds anyway. A lot of people would not make friends with somebody who they thought would harm them, somebody who they thought would be a bad influence on them. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're a kid in school right now, your parents probably tell you to stay away from the kids who do drugs, the kids who smoke, the kids who drink alcohol, all of that, and with good reason. So, in a similar fashion, even for adults, there are particular people that you either stay away from or you are extra cautious around. And when you are extra cautious around these people, naturally, you can't be as close friends with them as you would be with someone who you're a lot more comfortable around. So, of course, there is that aspect of comfort involved. And a large part of that is just your ability to click with that person. Things you have in common, hobbies you share, and so on and so forth. But that is not the sole factor that should be used to judge whether or not you should be friends with a person. And the reason I say that is there could be people who are nice to you, people who you relate to, people who you have similar trivial interests to, but they might have fundamentally different values than the ones that you have. Now, it's completely okay and good to be friends with people who disagree with you. If you have political disagreements, if you have trivial disagreements in terms of what food you like or what television shows you like, okay, maybe it might be helpful for you to click with a person if you have those common interests, but that's not necessarily a prerequisite, right? You can you can get along with someone who you disagree with with these trivial matters as well. And even with politics and even with some philosophical issues, of course, it's fine to disagree. And it's great because if you're surrounded by people who you disagree with, you will be constantly challenged in the way you think, and that will constantly provoke you to think and sharpen your own ideology. Now, even if these people don't change your minds, at least it will give you an intellectual challenge and that will help you advance as a person. So my point is not that you don't make friends with people who you disagree with, but if you have a fundamental difference in values, then it could be difficult. And you'd say this is definitely the case when you're talking about a romantic partner, because if you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, for example, 
then you would want, you would hope that your values are similar. I mean, first of all, when it comes to raising kids, and second of all, just in general, to be compatible with that person, you would hope at least that your fundamental values are similar, even if you have some disagreements. And even though it doesn't have the same level of intensity or the same level of importance in a friendship, it still is important. If you have somebody who fundamentally disagrees with not only trivial political issues or, or trivial matters of likes and dislikes, but someone who fundamentally disagrees with the way you live as a person, then that is a cause for concern. And this might seem a bit cocky or a bit entitled or maybe a bit self-important, but to some extent you do have to judge the moral character of your friends. And like I said earlier, we do do this. We stay away from people who are drug addicts. We stay away from people who are mean to us or in general are not pleasant to be around. Now, these people, okay, you might say that is one of the main criteria, right? If they're generous to you or not. But of course, that is not the only moral criteria, right? If somebody is mean to you, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a terrible person in general. And if somebody is nice to you, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're a good person in general. But it does matter the moral character of the people who you choose to surround yourself with because you are surrounding yourself yourself with them. So, of course, they are going to have some level of influence on you. So, it is very important not only to, first of all, say, okay, I click with this person, but to also evaluate, okay, is this person good for me? Is this person someone who is going to have a negative influence on me or a positive influence on me? And okay, you might say, well, who am I to say if someone is moral or not? How am I the arbiter of morality? Now, of course, there is that aspect to it. But in general, as I said, we do have this sense of who we believe are going to be is going to be good for us and who we believe can have a negative influence on us. So that factor is definitely at play. Okay, so we've established that there needs to be some level of consideration for the moral character of the people who you are being friends with. And you might say, okay, well, just because you're friends with somebody who does something bad doesn't mean that you're going to start doing that bad thing as well. And that's totally fine, right? That's true. But once again, it comes to an issue of fundamental values. If somebody is making lapses in judgment, if somebody is making a few bad decisions, but they realize that these decisions are bad, that's a different matter. And you might say, okay, well, it's difficult to know if somebody is a bad person or a good person, and it can be highly subjective. And that's entirely true, but we do have some sense of it. And a lot of us are aware when we are being friends with bad people and we're doing it just because we have some irrational feelings of love or affection towards them that we need to overcome for our own betterment. So this all seems quite intense. And you might say, well, not everyone who I'm friends with is somebody who is very involved in my life. Not everyone who I'm friends with is someone who I'm constantly surrounding myself with, someone who I'm spending a lot of time with. And that is definitely true. And that is the difference between a close friend, a friend, and a friendly acquaintance. Now, friendly acquaintances are people who you have met. And people, okay, they might be your friends on Facebook. They might be someone who, when somebody asks you, you might say, okay, this is my friend. But you don't talk to them often, and in general, you don't feel any sort of intense affection towards them. Now, a step above that is general friends, friends who 
maybe you spend a decent amount of time with, but not the, the people who you can be vulnerable around or tell some of your secrets or, you know, whatever it might be, right? And then your close friends are the people who you can be vulnerable around, people who you spend the most time with, and people who have a fundamental impact on the way you develop as a person. So, of course, the things that I said previously apply most for close friends. And close friends, indeed, could involve some level of platonic love in their friendship. And that's why it's even more important. Once you have that aspect of love there, there is also that matter of loyalty and all of this. And this can cause issues, which I'll get to in a minute. But when we're talking about friends and friendly acquaintances, of course there are people who you can be friendly around or generous to even if you think they're not the best people and even if you don't like them personally. And that's totally fine because you don't gain anything in just being rude to the people you don't like or being rude to the people who maybe you aren't as good friends with as certain other people. So, of course, you don't need to be rude. Now, if, if there's a matter of standing up for someone or, or standing up for what you believe is right, of course, that's a different matter. But just because you see someone, you don't like this person, you think, okay, maybe they're not the best person, it doesn't mean that you have to be rude to them. So that's definitely at play. But the point is that what I've mentioned so far applies mainly for the people who you're going to be spending a lot of time with. Because, of course, if somebody is very generous to you. Even if you don't believe they are good people, there is no harm in being generous back. And it would it would just, I would say it would be wrong for you to just simply be rude to them or blow them off. But there is still that level of concern and importance that you give yourself by keeping your distance from these kinds of people. And it might be difficult because your emotions might overcome you and you might say, okay, I have fun with this person. I, I, you know, this, this person, I click with this person. I like this person. This person is nice to me. But if this person is having a bad influence on you, you need to be able to step back and look at that rationally and look at it that way. Okay, so now that I've gotten at a sort of general idea of how you decide who to be friends with, the next question is how to be a good friend. And that, that is ex the title of this podcast, but specifically when you are friends with a person, how you can be there for that person and be a good friend to them. And of course, there are some, there are a few things that are quite obvious, you know, being generous, uh, being there for people when they're down. Th these things are generally accepted, but there are other things that perhaps people know are important, but tend to ignore them for emotional reasons. And the main thing I'm talking about is being able to criticize your friends and help them in that way. So if your friend makes a mistake, a common thing to do is either to ignore it or perhaps even to defend it when other people challenge it or when other people criticize your friend for doing a certain thing, of course your natural instinct is going to be to defend them. And that might be fine, right? If you're friends with someone, you're not going to talk shit behind their back just because they made a mistake or because they did something wrong. That would indeed be being a bad friend. So in that case, of course, you'd stand up for that person. But if you think your friend did something wrong, it is not your job to be blindly loyal to them and tell them that what they did was right just because you want to be a good friend. No, that's not 
being a good friend. And okay, this once again comes to a matter of how close is this friend to you, right? If you're friends with someone, but you're not that close to them, you're not going to tell them what you think they can improve or, or say, okay, hey, I think you think, I think you did this wrong, right? That, that, that would just be awkward and that person would not want to hear that from you. But the thing is, humans, we don't like to be criticized. And this applies for everyone. When people criticize us, it hurts us. Naturally, it's going to hurt us. But the only people that can actually reach us and tell us, hey, you did this wrong, you made a mistake, are our friends and the people who are close to us. Because there are indeed times where we're going to do something bad without realizing it. Now, of course, it is primarily your responsibility to reflect and try to identify when you've done something wrong, but your friends also have a large role to play in this. And if you have someone who's just blindly loyal to you, who's just going to support you no matter what you do, this person, although they may, they may seem like it, they're not a good friend. And it may hurt you at that point. If you're down and your friend says, hey, I think you did this wrong, or hey, you know, I think this is why you're in this place, it's gonna hurt you at that point. And you may react emotionally to start with, but later on you're going to realize, okay, this was the right thing for them to do, and I'm very grateful for it, because even if it made me feel bad at that particular point, in general, it has helped me become a better person. But okay, if we talk about the specific case of somebody being down, if your friend is down and they're asking to talk to you for comfort, maybe they want consolation. If they've made a mistake, they've done something wrong and they come to you. Now, they may not realize that they've done something wrong and they may be blaming what they've done on something else. Now, your instinct as wanting to be a good friend might be to say, hey, I think you did this wrong and that's why you're in this place. And while that is a good thing and something that you must do, maybe that's not the best time to do it. If somebody reaches out to you for consolation, first you have to be there for them and help them feel better, however that might be. If you're criticizing them and telling them, hey, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, it's just gonna make them feel worse. You have to wait until they're in a state to accept that kind of advice. So of course, there is still that balance of emotional intelligence and just in general, being a good friend in terms of helping your friends and being open to criticize them. So if you're completely emotional and if you're letting your emotions dictate the way you deal with your friendships entirely, and you might say, okay, it's a friendship, a lot of emotion is involved. And yes, it is, but you still have to think about it rationally. Because as I said, if you're letting your emotions dictate you, you might say, okay, this is my friend, I like them, I'm going to be loyal to them, and that's why everything they do must be good. That's wrong. Right? Of course, you have to recognize when somebody does something wrong, but then of course you also have to have the emotional consideration of knowing when to tell them that. So what is a good friend? A good friend is somebody who, yes, will stick by you, who will be there for you when you're down, who will celebrate with you when you feel good, but also somebody who is willing to help you and criticize you to help you. Right, and we talk about constructive criticism. Of course, you don't want somebody just telling you you're a shit person, oh, you did this wrong. Okay, maybe there's the concept of tough love. But apart from that, of course, it's constructive criticism. And that's what makes a good friend. Not just somebody who's nice to you, not just somebody who has similar interests to you, not just somebody who maybe you click with, you enjoy your time with. Of course, these are very important aspects of a friend, but I'd say the most important trait 
of a friend, especially of a close friend, is their willingness and ability to help you see where you went wrong. Because as I said, it's not always possible for you to see that yourself. And there is nobody else in this world apart from your family that's going to be able to help you in these situations and reach you in that way. You're not going to listen to a stranger on the street telling you that you did something wrong. Of course, you're going to be defensive and you should be, right? You might think, why does this person have a place to tell me what I did wrong or what I'm doing wrong? This person doesn't even know me, you know? This person might not understand my reasoning. But your friend does, and your friend is there for you and understands you as a person and can definitely help you better than anybody else, except, as I said, barring family, with these situations. So I definitely think that that is one of the most important factors of being a good friend. So we talked about not being blindly loyal to a friend and being able to criticize them or let them know when they've done something wrong. But there also comes a point where you may have to make the difficult decision of letting go of a friend. And when might this be? Now, of course, if you start developing a toxic relationship with someone, that is a time where you might have to take your distance. Maybe if that person is clingy, maybe if that person is, is hurting you more than, than helping you, then yes, you may, may take your distance. But other times might be when you notice that there is a fundamental character flaw or depravity in one of your friends. And of course, if somebody makes a mistake, does something wrong, the first thing you want to do is try to reach them and point it out. But if it repeatedly happens, and if somebody does something that is maybe unforgivable, maybe someone goes and robs from someone, or, I mean, this is this is a lot more extreme and much worse, but murder, rape, and these things like, things like that obviously are unforgivable. But there are other depravities and acts of immorality that your friends can commit, but because you have that emotional attachment to them, you want to stick with them. And of course, if you have a close friend who you know and you fundamentally believe is a good person, you will want to first help them. But if somebody repeatedly rejects your advice and continues doing these bad things, it might be time to distance yourself from them and let them go as your friend. And this might be very, very difficult if you've developed a strong relationship with such a person over the years, but ultimately it is best for you and the difficult decision that sometimes people have to make. So it all comes down to the underlying idea of the importance of your friends having strong moral character. And you might say, okay, you should focus on yourself before you focus on anyone else. And that is definitely true. But part of your personal development and part of what makes you a good person is the people who you surround yourself with. So that is definitely something that you have to consider. And a lot of this may seem quite obvious. A lot of this may seem like common sense, but the fact is a lot of this actually happens. There are people who stay friends with the kinds of people that are damaging to them. Perhaps a very common example is a person in school who stays friends with someone who bullies other people or who is in general very unpleasant and mean to other people for no particular reason. 
And you might say, okay, this person is generous to me and that's all that matters to me. And that's one of the main problems because we let emotion cloud our judgment. We let these people break into our shields and become close to us. And because of that, we can't get rid of them even though we know that they are bad for us or even though that we know that they're not the best people. And this is definitely a problem. So I've been going completely off the cuff until now, and you can probably tell because it's not been organized at all. But I think a lot of what I'm saying can effectively be summarized, or the essence of it can be captured in a few excerpts from my book. So I'm going to read a few of my excerpts as a teaser for more of the content that you're going to see in my book. So let's start. The idea that someone is good simply because they are good to you, or bad simply because they are bad to you, is not only a misbegotten subjectivist notion, but also an idea of grave danger. If you judge people solely on their treatment of you, you are easily taken advantage of, your values are compromised, and you are negatively influenced by those who are good to you, but bad otherwise. Liking or disliking people does not make them good or bad. This is a purely emotional and subjectivistic judgment. You may have rational reasons as to why you feel a certain way about someone, but it is those rational reasons that justify whether they are good or bad, not the fact that you like or dislike them. You need to constantly evaluate your relationships and friendships rationally, rather than relying only on some misled emotional notion of morality or the repercussions could be very damaging to your character. Okay, here's another excerpt. If you begin loving someone purely because of emotion, in other words, because they love you, claim to love you, or are nice to you, you are vulnerable to this kind of problem. Firstly, you've allowed yourself to let your guard down. You are no longer making decisions by the thorough use of reason, but rather by pure emotion. You think someone is good because you like them. There is no further justification. Secondly, because of this, you begin to attempt to justify acts of immorality. For your own sake, you wish that your friend or the person you love is good. Because of your unjustified assumption that they are good, you no longer think rationally about the morality of their actions. And when people point their depravities out, you either ignore them or attempt to justify them. If you are thinking rationally, on the other hand, you would be able to help your friends overcome their depravities instead of letting them grow so great that they spread onto you. Thirdly, you are, in general, more emotionally vulnerable. You have let this person emphasize and amplify your weak points, causing you to start making purely emotional decisions about other matters in your life. Fourthly, you no longer care for the values that your friend holds. You love them, so you blindly support them and stay close to them regardless of how they act. You originally began to love them because they were nice to you. You now feel a sense of loyalty to them, no matter how bad a person they turn out to be. Their depravities become yours. All of this happens simply because you are too afraid to ask the qu to question the reason behind your friendship and the rationality of continuing to engage at, in it at every step of the way. Okay, that's it. Now, <laughs> a lot of that may seem quite intense or a bit dramatic, but in the context of the rest of the book and the previous chapters on emotion and other chapters like that, it probably makes more sense. But I just thought I'd read those excerpts to give you an idea of the kind of content that's going to be in my book, and also to sort of summarize the the ideas that I've been talking about in this podcast. Now, there's definitely a lot more I can talk about with regards to this topic, 
definitely a lot more nuances I can address, a lot more things I can clarify. And I mean, if any of you have any questions about anything I've said in this podcast or any disagreements, feel free to reach out. But that'll do it for me today at the sign of the dollar. I don't want to give away too much of my book. So be sure to stay tuned for more podcasts about these philosophical ideas and some of the things that I address in my book. And of course, definitely be sure to stay tuned when I do release my book in 2021. And I will definitely keep you guys updated through my podcast about how the progress is on that project. Anyway, that'll do it for me today at the sign of the dollar. Thank you for listening.